0: After having missed uh, last Sunday because of ice and snow, I think it's really nice that we're back together again this Sunday and able to see family we haven't seen in a while. And it's really warm. It's supposed to get to be 65 tomorrow, which is awesome. 70? 70? Wow. All right. So before we get started, we're going to come together in prayer. This lesson really um, ministered to me a lot, and the fact that we had a break last Sunday it gave me yet another or an additional week to really meditate on this lesson it's really really good so dear Heavenly Father please be with us this morning uh, help our hearts to receive this word uh, that you've given us for today we ask that you open our eyes to areas where we can better understand uh, how our prayers can be met um, how, what responsibility we take in that we thank you for this time spent together we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the title of this lesson, uh, I think, really stuck out at me <laughs> when, we, when the uh, leadership team was looking at choosing uh, which ones of these we were going to lead. So the title of this lesson is, What to Do When Your Prayers Seem Unanswered, right? And I was like, huh, I've had, I've had some prayers <laughs> that might not have seemed answered. So this, this is probably one that's going to minister to me. So where I want to start before I start reading, um, something that really actually came up to me just within the last 24 hours is when we purpose ourselves to pray, do we also think about at all how long we think it's going to take for that prayer to get answered? Do we think, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for this thing, Lord, and I expect that it will be answered in the next five minutes, or I expect that it's going to be, I'm going to see resolution to this in a week, or maybe a month. Do we ever think that some of the prayers that we ask may take a year? Could take a year? Could take years? So I think that's really what, what one of the things that ministered to me about this lesson was that I think sometimes we expect immediacy when we pray, and sometimes that's not what happens. So I plant that seed today as we go through this lesson, uh, because I think it'll really help you as it helped me so let's begin i want to share about what to do when your prayers seem unanswered and i want to put the emphasis on the fact that your prayers seem unanswered the truth is that god always always answers any prayer that is prayed according to his word in faith abigail in first john 5 14 and 15 it says and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Those are pretty powerful words, right? So first of all, that he hears us. And second of all, that he will give us what we ask for. That's a lot of confidence. God always answers prayer, but it doesn't always look like it's answered. In Matthew 7, 7 and 8, it says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, the door will be opened to you. Those verses are saying that God does answer prayer. Yet every one of us can think of a time in our lives when we asked for something that we believed was a right thing, a good thing, not totally selfish or outside of God's will, yet we didn't see the answer. God's word says to ask, and it will be given to us. But our experience says we asked, and it wasn't given to us. So which one's true? The answer may surprise you, but the truth is that probably both are true. Most people think, now wait a minute, God's word says he will answer, and I didn't see it happen. And in John 4, 24, it says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. It didn't say, oh sorry, God operates in the spiritual realm to answer our prayers, but it takes faith on our part to manifest. Faith is what takes things from the spiritual world and moves them or draws them into the physical world. This is basically what Hebrews 11.1 says. Abigail, you're doing great. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. It didn't say faith is the evidence of things that don't exist. They do exist, but they are not in the seen physical world, but in the unseen spiritual realm. Faith reaches over into the spiritual realm and draws those things into the physical world. Andrew has a really great um, analogy here in this lesson that really, um, I think, makes this probably a lot more tangible for us. It's a lot like a radio signal. Radio and television stations are broadcasting constantly, and you can be in a room where you can't see or hear the signals. But that doesn't mean they aren't there. You have to turn a radio on and tune it to the frequency you want to hear. Then the radio pulls those signals out of a realm you can't perceive and rebroadcast them in a realm where you can hear them with your human ear. God answers our prayers in a similar way. He gives things in the spiritual realm, and by faith you have to reach out and bring them into the physical world. You have to tune in. The physical and spiritual worlds move parallel to each other. God moves and answers your prayer, but you may never see it manifest in the physical unless you let faith bridge the gap between the unseen spiritual realm and the physical world we live in. For example, so here's a, here's a great example in the Bible. For example, Daniel, a man of God, was praying and asking God to give him a revelation. And for the sake of time, I'll summarize the story. The Lord sent the angel Gabriel to appear to David and answer his prayer. In Daniel nine twenty two and 23, it says, he explained to me, so this is uh, Gabriel explaining this to Daniel. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment, the moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. Here's the point. Gabriel said that at the beginning of Daniel's prayer, the commandment from God came for him to bring the answer. If you go back to Daniel 9, 4 and actually read the prayer out loud that Daniel prayed, it takes about three minutes. Time yourself, go back and read it. It takes about three minutes. If you read how long it took to bring the answer, it was about three minutes, a three minute lag time between God's command and the physical manifestation. We make a lot of suppositions that if God is really God and something is his will, it just happens like the snap of a finger. I know there have been times that I've expected that. I'm going to pray. I want the answer right now. I need to see it manifest right now. Or I'm not going to believe that God answered me. That has been a part of my existence in the past. In this instance, God gave the command, and it took approximately three minutes for Gabriel to cover the distance between hearing the command of God and arriving in the presence of Daniel. I don't have any reasons for this, and it's really not essential. The point I'm trying to make is that from the time God gave the command, there was a lag time of approximately three minutes. Now, if that was the longest we ever had to believe for an answer to prayer, most of us could probably hold on. You think? I mean, if we knew that we would manifest an answer in three minutes, we could probably hang on in faith, right? Think our faith could stretch for three minutes? But it's not always that way. So if you go further on in Daniel, in Daniel 10, we find the same man praying another prayer, but this time it took three weeks for the answer to come. Many people who read this would say, why did God answer one of Daniel pr- Daniel's prayers in three minutes and the next prayer in three weeks? And in Daniel 10, 11, and 12, it says, and the man said to me, Daniel, You are very precious to God. First of all, did you notice in both of those, when Gabriel arrived, he started his announcement with, you are very precious to God? Just wanted to point that out. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come to answer to your prayer. Come in answer to your prayer. This shows that God commanded the message from the very first day of Daniel's prayer. It just happened to take three weeks for the answer to manifest, but God was faithful. God was faithful. Scripture says, That says, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever in Hebrews 13 8. If you put chapters 9 and 10 together, I believe God answered both prayers instantly. Right? He gave command to Gabriel. One took three minutes, one took three weeks. But God wasn't the variable. Let me say that one more time God was not the variable. God answers our prayers. He does things, but there are a lot of variables that can happen between the time he answers prayers and you see the answers manifest. You have to believe. Faith has to reach into the spiritual realm and bring the answer into the physical realm. So faith is one of the critical ingredients. Also, you can see in verse 13 of Daniel uh, chapter 10, But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. So this is Gabriel explaining to Daniel what happened, why it took three weeks. What happened? But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. This isn't talking about a physical person, but a demonic hindrance. Satan is another variable in this process. Sometimes God answers our prayers, but Satan hinders them through other people. He gets in the way, right? Doesn't he like to get in the way? For instance, if you're believing for finances, God isn't going to give you money personally. He's not going to knock on your door, ring your doorbell, and say, you asked for $500 to pay this bill. Here you go. He's not going to do that. He's not going to counterfeit U.S. currency or any other currency of this world, right? He doesn't have plates up in heaven that he's running off, right? Mass quantities of 5 and $10 bills for us. He's not going to make money, rain it down from heaven, and put it in, in our pockets. In Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. God will move and answer your prayer, but it's going to come through people. Right? He moves on the hearts of people. And in a lot of ways, in a lot of prayers, that's how we see it manifest, is it comes through other people. Some people are bound by greed, and if they are angry with you, or you're doing things to offend them, Satan can hinder the manifestation of your prayer through them. When you're praying, really for anything, whether it's finances, whether it's for a better marriage, whether it's for fill in the blank, whatever you're praying for, you need to recognize that other people may be a part of your miracle or your answer, and you may have to pray for them. Wow. Wow. So I pray to God for what I want, and it lines up with his will. Do I stop there? Should I stop there? Should I be seeking the Lord on who I can pray for? I think so. God is faithful. He has never failed to answer any prayer that was based on his word and prayed in faith. He always gives. But you may not see the manifestation depending on other variables. One variable that actually came up to me uh, this morning—I, Stephen's not here today. He has—he's been very, very busy at work. So I actually shared this lesson with him last night, and we had a chance to to talk about it a whole lot. And one of the things that came up to me that I want to share with you that was a revelation for me is it talks about here that there are all these variables, right? We pray, God hears, God delivers, and we have to pull it into reality. Um, and that Satan can get in the way and that we need to pray for other people. But the one point I thought was important that Andrew might have missed in here is sometimes we're the hindrance. That hit me like a ton of bricks this morning. Maybe we're the ones that are getting in the way. So how often, I know I have done it, Glass House, I know I've done it, I've prayed for something, but then I haven't changed my language. I haven't changed my actions. I haven't disciplined myself to manifest the thing that I've been looking for. Haven't realized that I'm as important an ingredient in the recipe of manifesting my prayer Then really, I mean, it's equivalent to all the other pieces. And that even my changing can take time Right? I'm a different person than I was three years ago. Am I better able now to understand that when I pray for something, probably the first thing I need to do is hold a mirror up to myself. Right? So when you pray, remember the important element of speaking life and not death into that prayer. And if we don't purpose ourselves to change our actions or our words... Then we may be our own hindrance. So I pray this will help you to build your faith and let you know that God always answers your prayers. So let's move on to some questions. There's some really good questions here in the back. All right, so Matthew 7, 7, and 8. I think we covered that in the lesson, but we'll read it again. So Matthew 7, 7 says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. And you will find keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you so what can we expect from God if we ask we should expect to receive and if we seek God what can we expect to find and what can we expect to happen if we knock mm-hmm yep so when we ask, we're praying. When we seek, we're actually looking, right? We're, who else is involved? and Do I need to do something? Do I need to pray for Jade? Do I need to pray for Paige? Who do I need to pray for? Wh- who's God putting on my heart that may be the person that's going to help manifest? Knocking is the taking the action, right? You're, you're actually acting, looking for. You're opening doors. You're opening windows, right? You're seeking. You're knocking. In John ten thirty five. It says, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called God's, will God give anything less than what his word has promised? No. No. If your prayer lines up with his word, then you can expect you will receive it. You may receive it today. You may get it tomorrow. You may receive it next week, next month, next year, five years, ten years but our job is to stay faithful, not get weary in well-doing, right? In James 4, 1 through 3, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill for it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you, don't, what you want because you don't ask God for it. Why were these people hindered from receiving from God? Their motives and their hearts were wrong, right? They wanted it, but they weren't willing to be patient. I think that was the thing, that was the comment Stephen made this morning while we were talking. He said, I think a lot of this revolves around us needing to manifest the fruit of patience. That has been a fruit I am working on harvesting in my life. How about that? So, but I think I think that was really um, insightful on his part to understand that we want what we want, but we want it now, right? We're an immediate gratification society, and I think sometimes we don't purpose ourselves or pause long enough to say this may take a period of time, right? That was why I asked the question at the beginning of the class when we sit down and we spend time with God and we purpose ourselves to ask for something, do we think about how long that might take? Do we count the cost? Do we count the cost of what it's going to take to manifest what we're looking for? In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. I think one of us taught on um, if, if, we are not, uh, if we are mistreating our mates, what is the result of uh, our prayer life? It's hindered. We're hindered. So if we're, not, if we're mistreating our spouse or we're not living in a, in a good relationship, um, it can actually hinder our prayers. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So what is the key to having your prayers answered? What's one of the biggest keys to having your prayer answered? Lining it up with God's will. That's one of the biggest ones, is praying according to his will. So knowing that if I pray for my marriage, does God want my marriage to succeed? So if I pray to God and say, Lord, I, I, want, I want a marriage that is over the moon. I want a marriage that is a um, testimony to others. I want, I want that in my life. Do you think I have God next to me, arguing with me that that's not something he wants? In reality, can I expect the answer to that prayer immediately? From God, absolutely, right? Will the manifestation of that probably take some time? It can. It doesn't mean that it can't happen instantly, right? Those things can happen. But the reality for a lot of us is that that can take time both on my part, on Stephen's part, and on God's part to make sure that all those things line up. Is part of my job not only to purpose myself, to correct myself and my actions and my words, but what's the other part of it? Who else am I supposed to pray for? Stephen, my husband. I have to lift him up. I have to speak life, right? So there have been three or four times where I've reached out to Nicole and Ben, <sighs> help me. And her, rea- her response has consistently been, are you praying for him? Are you lifting him up? Are you speaking life? Are you manifesting your words? Because your prayer is not going to be answered unless you do those things or purpose, your, purpose those things. And the fact that Nicole has continued to plant that seed in my life has been very powerful. Did I listen the first time? Did I listen the second time? Have I started to pay attention to that? Absolutely. And am I now starting to manifest the the prayer that I had asked for? Absolutely. Are Stephen and I more gentle with each other now than we ever have been? Absolutely. Is our marriage on the right path and headed exactly and precisely to what I had prayed for? Absolutely. But it took me changing a lot of me. So maybe my prayer to God of change Stephen. It'll be a really good marriage, God, if you just change him. (laughs) I think what I've learned through wise counsel and through my own experiences, I have to do a lot of that changing myself, right? I have to be wise with myself. So, one last scripture, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. So when you pray, what are you to do? Believe you received it. Believe that you've already received it in that spiritual realm. I think um, as a human being with a flesh walking around, I think that's been one of those areas where I've struggled a little bit to try and wrap my brain around what that means. Um, I've certainly learned a lot under wise counsel, good teaching, good preaching. Uh, But I think that's one area where I know I've already got my healing, but then how long does it take to manifest in the physical? Because you may have a broken bone. You may have a sinus infection. You may have those symptoms attacking you, but I I receive my healing. I know in the spiritual it's already there. I just have to stand and believe and walk that out and it'll manifest in my life, right? And I think that's what that scripture says. Whether that takes three days, whether that takes six months, I have to continue to stand and believe that I've already received it. It's making its way to me. I'm pulling it to me. And I have to continue to remember that that's the case that I can't get weary in well-doing. So this lesson really ministered to me. Um, so I thank you all. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time spent together. Thank you for the word that is this lesson today, Lord. Thank you for the impartation of wisdom and knowledge that you've at least given me um, in meditating on this. Lord, I, I can pray, I only pray, that this word will also be a seed in your people that are hearing it here today, either presently or on live stream. I thank you for the opportunity to be obedient to your direction, and I thank you for your son who died on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.